Welcome to another episode of the Scriptural Cliff Note Sessions. Hello, this is part two of Yehuda. What is happening with you? What's going on with you, Yehuda? All right. In part one, we wanted to know what was going on with Yehuda in terms of what's happening with them today. Why are they acting out? What's going on? But first we have to find out who Yehuda is. And we did that by the scriptures. We found out who Yehuda was by the scriptures. We also had other questions. Um, and we made reference to several books. Like I said, this is part two. It's going to go into those bridges. Uh, but we, we are going to go into the uh, 12 patriarchs. We're going to go into the bridges of Jasa Jubilees, possibly the secret book of John. We already went to inscription for Ezra slash to Ezra. Um, it also, um, I, I also discussed the book of Enoch, which it may have a bridge to the book of Enoch, but if not, you can still look in the book of Enoch and understand who the children of Israel, um, are with the emphasis of Judah. Um, okay. Um, I'm going to go over the questions. I'm not going to go over the answers because you already have that in, um, the first, um, lesson. This is part two, but I just want to refresh your memory of what we were discussing. Want to know what's going on with Yehuda. So um, why is Yehuda acting out? We answered that question. Um, where did the malice and the discord come from towards one another, Yehuda and other nations? Now, remember in the scriptures, it says that um, it talks to Israel. God talks to Israel and say, you have enemies that will perpetually hate you. So this question is, you know, where did that malice and discord come from? So we did answer that. Um, the next question is, why is there so, um, why is there so much contention between the nation of Yehuda? between the men and women of the nation of Yehuda, And we answered that question also. Um, by reading the curses in Deuteronomy and in Isaiah, we discussed. And then um, we asked, how can we turn this around? I answered that, you know, by knowing the um, spirit of a truth in the spirit of error and following that along with the Lord's precepts, commands of Yah. And what does it say in the scripture about Yahuda's actions and when they will clear up? Is there any relief in sight? And um, that's when I read Deuteronomy, which tells you who Yehuda is, tells you to turn from their wicked ways, tells you not to sin tells you pretty much that you're blessed. Remember, I didn't read the whole Deuteronomy 28. I started at 15 and I went to um, 68. But within the whole 28 and actually a lot of Deuteronomy itself tells you the scriptures, I mean, tells you the laws along with the Levitical laws, which is a part of the 613 laws of um Jacob, who is Yah, um, excuse me, um, his name's not Jacob, you already know, it's with J's, 
is um but i'll just say the i'll just say the name jacob but his name is yaakov but if you go through deuteronomy you will um understand the the blessings and the curses but we discussed it from starting from um, deuteronomy 8 excuse me 28 15 on to 68 because i want you to know who exactly um Yashirel is by those curses so i read some really pretty provocative things of uh the curses of um Israel, Yasharel, so you'll know who they are. There's only a one set apart particular people. It's not, I already told you, it's from the man, okay, not the place. All right, so now we are on part two, and I am reading the Levitical, some of the Levitical laws, but um, this, um, this parallels um, Deuteronomy 28, and it's um, Leviticus 26. So it also tells you who the children of Israel are. And remember the emphasis is on Judah, but this is actually happening to the whole line of Israel. And I, I discussed Judah because Judah was sent to the four corners of the globe in captivity. Now what's captivity? Slavery. That's what captivity is. Captivity can also mean that you're in prison, a prisoner. Now, if you cannot make that connection, I don't know what else to say to you, but I'm just going to move on. Okay. You need to start looking at statistics in the United States and other places that hold more of, of a particular nation than anybody else. Um, look at the people who were sent in bondage over the um, different countries and continents all over the world. How long were they in bondage? Hundreds of years. I mean, this is not rocket scientists. But again, a lot of people are not going to be able to receive it because they can't conceive it. Okay, or they just refuse to see it. Just like Yahshua say, you're not going to be able to receive my word because you're not of me. And this is just how it is. Okay. So now we're going to discuss Leviticus 26. And we're going to, I'm not going to read the whole Leviticus 26. I'm just going to start from um, 14. I'm going to start from 14 and I will end with 46. But just like I did in um, Deuteronomy 28, 28, I'm only going to pertain to what's happening today. Now, remember when um, these things were written, Yah was giving this stuff to Moses and the Levitical priests way in biblical days while they were still in the wilderness. And a lot of that has to do with what, what they was doing at that time. So, you know, they was raising livestock. They was living in certain lands. They didn't even get to the promised land yet. And Yah was saying, giving them a prophetic word by giving them the Levitical laws and giving them the, um, the 613 laws along with the 10 commandments. That is a shortened version, a very condensed version of the 613 laws. Now this was before they even went into captivity and all of this is before they did all of that. Well, they did go into captivity with um, 
um, Egypt. And then they came out. But Yah says, if you don't listen to these laws, you're going to go right back into a spiritual Egypt. Okay. In ships. Okay. So this is when they left and they've given them Levitical laws. You know, they're supposed to be going into the, um, to the land of milk and honey, the promised land, yada, yada, yada. Okay. So now I will be reading the Levitical laws, Leviticus 26, and I'm going to be starting at um, verse 14. Now, after I do that, I will go to the Testament of Yehuda. And I'm going to try to do it as fast as possible because it was almost two hours, the first lesson. So I just, like I said, I want to be thorough and I want you to understand and be edified by this lesson but I don't want to wear your ear out. So let's just start. Okay. Leviticus 26 and 14. I'm starting. But if you will not hearken unto me, this is Yah telling the Levitical priests to let everybody know in the children of Israel, if you will not hearken unto me and will not do all these commandments, and if you shall despise my statutes, or if your soul abhor, which, which means hate, my judgments, so that you will not do all my commandments, but that you break my covenant. Remember, y'all has a covenant with Israel. I also will do this unto you. I will even appoint over you terror, consumption, and the burning plague that shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart. And ye shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies shall eat it. And I will set my face against you. And that's important because you're saying, turn from your wicked ways and repent. And then I will turn around and hear from you. He said he's going to set his face against us, which he did because our ancestors didn't listen. And you shall be slain before your enemies. They that hate you shall reign over you. And you shall flee when none pursue you. And if you will not set for all this hearken unto me, if you will not listen to him, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. And if ye walk contrary to me, that means if you ain't walking in his will and will not hearken, listen unto me, I will bring seven times more plagues unto you according to your sins. And if you do not be reformed by me by these things, but will walk contrary to me, still not walking in his word, then I will also walk contrary unto you, which is happening today. I will punish you yet seven times for your sin. I will bring a sword upon you that shall avenge the quarrel of my covenant. And when ye are gathered together within your cities, I will send the pestilence among you and ye shall be delivered unto the hand of your enemy. And if you... And if you will not for all this hearken unto me, but walk contrary unto me, I will walk contrary unto you. 
contrary unto you, also in fury. And I, even I, will chastise you seven times for your sins. You see how Yah continues to say that? As many times as he says that, that's how harsh it's going to be. Okay? And it's harsh. I mean, the children of Israel, they have so much trauma. And we're going to talk about that before I read the second part. Okay. I will bring you, I will bring the land into desolation and your enemies which dwell therein shall be astonished at it. And I will scatter you among the heathen and will draw out a sword after you and your land shall be desolate and your cities waste. Do some homework on Israel and see what happened over there before anybody else occupied the land. Do some homework on Israel. What Yah is saying, everything already came to um, fruition. Now, remember, he said this before any of this happened. This is a prophetic word. And the children of Israel didn't listen. And that's what happened. So you could actually read what happened. And this was already in written before all this stuff happened. So this is prophecy that already came true. Remember, I said there's things that the prophets wrote that already came true. There's things that are coming true right now and there's things that have yet to come true. So this is stuff that already came true. And by connecting these dots, you will know who Israel is. Okay, now I'm on 34. Then shall the land enjoy her Sabbath as long as it lieth desolate and ye be in your enemy's land, even then shall the land rest and enjoy her Sabbaths. As long as it lieth desolate, it shall rest because it did not rest in your Sabbath when you dwelled upon it. Now I'm going to stop right here for one second. Now that's the Levitical laws, right? I'm reading the Levitical laws. In the New Testament, it says that the heathens will occupy the land until a certain time. So when um, when Israel was chased out of that land, when they was conquered by the last Roman rule, they was chased out of that. And it sat there for a long time. And then other people, hundreds of years later, came and occupied that land. Now I'm saying hundreds of years. It could be um, 500, 600, 1,000 years. It could have been. Now, I'm not going into that in depth, but just know the history of the physical place and what happened with the children when they got driven out several times. Okay, now I'm on um, 38. And ye shall perish among the heathen, and the land of your enemies shall eat you up. And they that are left in Israel, you of you, excuse me, and they that are left of you, shall pine away in their iniquity in your enemy's land. Okay, I'm gonna say it again. And they that are left of you, not in Israel, but just in the land, they that are left of you after the heathens eat you up, shall pine away in iniquity in your enemy's lands and also in the iniquities of their fathers shall they pine away with them. So that means it's gonna be, it's going to be bondage year after year after year for 400 years. That's basically what that's saying. It's not saying 400 years, but it just explains to you that even their fathers and all their ancestors is going to be doing the same thing to your ancestors. Okay. 
Now I'm on 41. And that I also have walked contrary unto them and have brought them into the land of their enemies. Talk about Israel. If then their uncircumcised hearts be humble and they then accept the punishment of their iniquity, then I will remember my covenant with Jacob, Yaakov, Israel, and also my covenant with Isaac. And also my covenant with Abraham will I remember. And I will remember the land. Even the land is suffering. She, he said even he will even remember the land. The land is suffering too. The earth is suffering. Now I already went into that lesson. Talk about the earth. I did mention the earth suffering because the heathens, going to the heathens, when you listen to the heathens, they are decimating everything. The people that be, the powers that be, they are destroying, destroying the earth. They're the powers that be. They're the ones who's doing it. So nobody could do nothing under their hand. Just know that. Anybody living here, if you're not one of the powers that be, you already know how much power you have, and that's not. Okay. 43. The land shall also be left of them. And shall enjoy her Sabbaths while she lie desolate without them. And that's prior to people occupying that land. And they shall accept the punishment of their iniquity because even because, that's what it says, because even because they despise my judgments and because their soul abhorred my statues, hated my statues. And yet for all that, when they be in the land of their enemies, I will not cast them away. Neither will I abhor them to destroy them utterly and to break my covenant with them. For I am the most high Elohim. Now that means even though he um, sprinkled them all over, Judah and Israel, he, um, Israel themselves, he scattered them out of the land of Israel. He, did, he didn't forget about them. He did not forget about them. The covenant is still there. He's just reprimanding them. That's what he said in 44. Okay, now I'm on 45. But I will for their sakes remember the covenant of their ancestors whom I brought forth out of the land of Egypt in the sight of the heathen, that I might be their Elohim. I am the most high. These are the statutes and judgments and laws which the most high made between him and the children of Israel in Mount Sinai by the land of Moses. Now that was a prophecy prior to everything that went on remember the scriptures say that he the most high gave the children of israel and their ancestors the ending from the beginning what does that mean all the prophecy of what your kids gonna do how they gonna transgress oh they're not gonna listen to me i'm gonna have to reprimand them he gave the early fathers all of that information he told them the beginning and the end in the beginning to the um to the ancestors he told them and this is the purpose of the the testament of judah now there are 12 testaments from all of the ancient fathers of the 12 sons of israel 
But Judah is scattered all over the four corners of the earth. And this message must get out to Judah. So that's the reason why all this is happening. Y'all already gave the ancestors the end, the end times from the beginning. And there was so much warning from the ancestors, so much. But the children of Israel transgressed so much that all this stuff was taken away from them. Now, before I get to the Testament of Judah, I'm going to say this. And I already made this clear in number one. When one nation is taken over another nation, the conquering nation tries its best to get rid of everything. And a lot of times they do. So in today's times, when people are um, digging up um, historical things like bones and uh, places, old castles and things like that, a lot of times they don't find nothing about that old um, ancient nation that will tell the story of how the nation got there, how they lived, this, that. The only thing they could do is the archaeologists try to put stuff together and try to piece together something and try to scurry to find out who the people were and what they were doing at that time and how they got there. A lot of times they don't have no answers. A lot of times they don't have no answers. And this has been going on for years, decades, hundreds of years. So archaeologists have found for hundreds of years, many um, quote unquote lost civilizations and stuff like that. Some of them that you would never find a history or anything on. Cause like I said, either they was conquered by another nation or something happened that they had to flee and they didn't leave any real evidence as to why they left or what happened to them. They only left evidence of them being there at that time. A lot of times you don't have an answer. However, with the children of Yah, because the Yah is the author and the finisher. Now there's, there are people and nations that was living at the time that Yah was dealing with Yasharah and Abraham and Isaac and all of that early times. And there was many nations but y'all calls them foolish nations because they didn't know him. And y'all always been here. And in the beginning, everybody knew him, but they didn't listen. So then when all um, between Noah's time with those eight people that was on the ark and they all populated the world and they all went different places, then different things was happening. Remember, sin was here since the beginning. Sin was in everybody's heart since the beginning. Sin was in everybody's heart since the beginning, okay? And we have a free will to do sin or to stick with Yah. That's why the word is choose who you're going to choose. Choose ye this day who you're going to be with because you have the capability. Human people have the capability of doing righteous deeds and sinful acts. They do. Everybody, y'all said he put a seed of righteousness in everybody, but that's with that seed of righteousness is also sin and evil since the day of Adam. Now, when Israel himself, the man, 
walked the earth and he had his 12 sons, there was still sin there. Israel chose to be righteous. Judah, I mean, not Judah, sorry, um, Jacob. Jacob chose to be righteous. His name is Yahuda. Yep, his name is Yahuda too. Jacob, Yahuda. Mm -hmm. um, remember, it was a different language and there was a lot of Yahudas, even um, Yahusha, Yahuda, that was Judas or Judah or Jacob. The, uh, the language was different. So a lot of people are not gonna be able to receive that because they don't speak another language or they didn't speak the paleo, which they call paleo Hebrew, which is old ancient Hebrew because some people are using Hebrew, but it's mixed with another language and they call it Yiddish. It's not pure Hebrew, okay? It's not even written pure Hebrew. So we're not gonna get into that, but I will say that people don't speak ancient Hebrew. And if they did, they probably taught themselves, okay? But like I said, I'm not gonna go deeply into that, but I'm trying to make a point. The point is that Israel is still here today because a lot of people don't believe that Israel is here, but how can, how can the prophecies come true if Israel's not here? And y'all said that Israel is here. So how could there not be Israel here, which they teach in the churches that, oh, people are spiritual Israel. No, where does it say that? That's not even scriptural, nowhere. That's not scriptural, nowhere, that people are spiritual Israel. No, Yahusha said he has two flocks. One is Israel and the other ones are Gentiles. That's scriptural in the New, in the New uh, Testament. It doesn't say anywhere that uh, you're scriptural Israel. Nowhere. Because there's physical Israel still walking this earth. They are punished and they sprinkled among the heathens. I already read it. Remember, I told you I'm not reading my own stuff. I'm strictly from the scriptures. And I already read it. Now, what I want to say is Israel has a lot of trauma. They angry, they stiff necked, they don't listen, and they've been traumatized because they've been conquered so many times. Now, from the last, uh, from the last um, part one of this lesson, I already read Isaiah. And it tells you about the haughty children um, of Israel and what an emphasis on um, the daughters of Zion how they walk out with their neck stretched and they rolling eyes and doing all of this stuff and wearing their jewelry and their little nose rings and having their hair all coiffed and all that. And since they not listen, they bold. Now, I want to focus on that. And I'm going to tell you why the daughters of Zion is bold. And it's not because they shave their heads, okay? Now, the daughters of Zion... And in the scriptures, it say they used to be beautiful. Now, when they say comely daughters and they say fair daughters and stuff, and now this is where it tricks you. Remember, I told you the devil, the devil fooled the whole world. I said that and I quoted the scripture. And that's in Revelation 12 and 9. The devil will fool the whole world. Now, how is the devil fooling the whole world? One thing is, the rewriting of the scripture or the translation of the scripture because they say and which is not true 
they say that there's white and black in the scriptures and that it's not because white and black is a social construct not even 500 years old okay and i'll even be a little more generous as just say a thousand years old how old are the scriptures thousands of years old it didn't name black and white as we did as we uh, name black and white today the truth of the matter is there's no such thing as black and white now black and white are colors and the scripture does say black heart like that and they're saying like uh, black heart as in evil an evil heart but it doesn't refer to people as black and white now, the truth of the matter, and this is just the truth, there are melanated people that come in different regions, and there are non-melanated people that come in different regions. They live in different regions. And actually, the Book of Jasper, the Book of Jubilees, and some of the Bible discusses it in, in, in various books. A lot of other books discuss different regions where you lived. And when it talks about the sin of um, Esau, it discusses and um, describes where they lived in the cliff of the rock. So that means they lived in mountains. They lived in caves. They lived where it's cold. There wasn't dark skinned people that was living where it's cold. There wasn't none. Because the truth is um, light skin reflects light reflects the sun dark skin absorbs the sun it absorbs the sun therefore bl black skin i'll just say dark skin is not black skin dark skin needs the sun today and i'm speaking simply truth and science and biology and health today the average melanated person needs a lot of vitamin d3 why does the person need a lot of vitamin D3? Because Judah, and I'll speak about Judah, but I'm talking about every person of melanated skin, dark melanated skin, you know, really rich melanated skin. I won't say dark, I'll say rich melanated skin. People with real rich melanated skin do not come from this part of the world. Does not come from the part of the world that has four seasons, that has coal that's in the mountains, that's in the rock. And that's where it says Esau came. Now Esau and Jacob was twin brothers, but Esau sinned in every way possible. That's why Yah said he hated Esau. He's, Esau broke every commandment, every everything. And what he did, he went to the heathen and started mating with the heathen, all of the heathen. And that's how that line came about. So with Esau being an albino, because he didn't have no melanin in him, whereas his twin brother had regular melanin. So um, I'm going to get into that in a minute, but I'm just saying Esau sinned and went to other nations and they all got mixed up. So they lived in Seir, over there in the mountains. That's where they lived. Uh, Jacob's line stayed where they were in the sunny regions. So melanated skin, you had to have melanated, rich melanated skin to live in the sunny regions, which is the East. You had to have that kind of skin to live there. And the sun 
was helping you with the vitamins and stuff in your body, which is D3. You can only get D3 two ways. Today's, re today's way is by a pill, a D3. Um, how it always been is by the sun. Again, white and light skin reflects the sun. Dark, rich skin absorbs the sun. The average melanated person from rich melanation to average melanation needs the sun. And a lot of times, and it's so important that rich melanated skin gets the sun that it affects your mind and your body. Sleep, it, accept, it, it uh, affects attitude. And it's not only uh, um, a um, vitamin, it's an enzyme that's vital to melanated skin, okay? So that's D3. Um, according to what I read, and I could be wrong because I do a lot of reading and meditation, according to what I read, rich melanated skin, if there is not out in the sun, get in the melanation that it needs, you cannot OD on D3. So you take your D3, but you have to take it with food and your stomach. Don't take it without food. Now, every person needs D3. However, people with light skin, non-melanated people don't need that much D3. There have been scientific studies, look them up yourself. I'm not gonna go um, somewhere else. I'm focused on what I'm saying in regards to Judah with a, um, um, and Israel, Israel with the emphasis of Judah. And I say this to let you know who the people are in Judah and where they are. The people who are, um, was held captive and sent to the four corners of the earth are melanated people. They came from dark, rich, melanated people. Now, while they was in all the lands of their enemies that I just read to you from various scriptures that are prophets, they was mixing with other people. And that's where you get all these different shades, okay? But Judah's melanated, know that, okay? I already read to you who they were. You have an idea who they were. And now I'm telling you that they melanated. If you are in a place where sun constantly shines and beat down on your body and head and you don't have melanation, you get cancer because it's eating you alive. Now, I'm not saying melanated skin don't need to be protected, but all throughout history, they didn't need to be protected because the melanin is the protection, okay? Now that's that. Now I'm gonna talk about the trauma of Judah. There's trauma all throughout Israel, but I'm focusing on Judah. So back to what I was saying in regards to the haughty children of Zion, the daughters. A part of their curse is that they're going to be bald. And I'm going to tell you why they're bald. It's not because y'all ripped the hair out of their head, but this is how it is. Remember how I told you the conquering nation takes all of their everything and indoctr indoctrinates them. Okay, the reason why Yahuda and Israel itself is lost 
because they didn't listen. That's number one. When a tribe or a nation is active and current, they teach their daughters and sons what they know. And it happens now. If you're a mother, if you're a father, an aunt, an uncle, an elder, the expectation is that you teach your children who, what you know, okay? So in teaching your children what you know, the daughters of Zion, prior to them getting these curses, they were beautiful, their hair was long, all of that, because it describes it in the Old Testament, okay? And then, and Yah even says he took their looks away because um, of um, the curses. However, he didn't take, he didn't take all his blessings away. He said he still loved them, and I already read that. But the reason why the children of um, the daughters of Zion is bald for the most part, and I'm not saying every last one of them, because like I said, some of them and all of that, when they came over here originally into their land of captivity, mothers are supposed to teach their daughters how to groom themselves, how to take care of themselves, how to take care of their husband if they get a husband, how, can, how to take care of their families how to continue to take care of what they need to take care of. That's supposed to be um, brought down from mother to daughter, to daughter to daughter into the household, okay? In the family. If the mother was taking care of herself and taking care of her hair and knew how to do it since the beginning, okay? Israel and Nell's daughters, since the beginning, then you know how to take care of yourself. When you're in the land of your captivity, everything is taken away from you. Even how to take care of yourself, how to take care of your hair, how to take care of your body, how to do this, how to do that, until you learn how to do it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Everything is taken, care, taken away from you until you're able to teach that person or until you learn how to do it. Now, how does the children of Israel learn how to do stuff? In this current day, the children of Israel, they all over. They all over because people's migrating, doing all kinds of stuff. But the children of Judah that was sent to the four corners of the globe in bondage, they had to reteach themselves stuff. Because remember, when they came over here, they was beating the hell out of to forget their own traditions and be indoctrinated. So how can they take care of themselves when everything was taken away from them? I already read that to you in Deuteronomy and in Isaiah. How were they able to? They had to start making up their own traditions and, and stuff like that. And things that was theirs was held against them. That book, that, that um, Pentateuch, that five books of Moses and all of that stuff was held against them, telling them that they are the heathens. They the heathens, they the Gentiles. What does it say in Revelation 12 and 9? That the devil fools the whole world. So that's exactly what the devil was doing. Fooling Israel. Israel needs to know who they are. If Israel doesn't know who they are, then they can't turn this around. And this is why the prophets are saying what they're saying. This is why the world's going to go the way, they, the way it goes, especially in Revelation and in the prophets, because they're never going to get it together. Israel's not going to get it together. Israel is doing ass backwards stuff. They're asking their enemy to um, 
to um, help them. They're asking their enemy to stop hating them. They're asking their enemy to do all these things. And they're not supposed to do that. They're supposed to go to the most high. So like I said, the nation of Israel is in trauma. The focus of Yahuda, they're in trauma in every way. Judah is in trauma in every way, in their families, between the men and the women, themselves. You already know, Yah said, I'm going to make them go crazy in their mind. I'm going to do all kinds of things to them. I already read it in Deuteronomy, and I already read it in Isaiah. So you already know the state of Yahuda right now and where they are. You know that. So that's something to think about. And now I'm going to read the Testament of Judah. Okay. Before I go into the Testament of Yahuda, which is Judah, I'm going to define a testament. I'm going to define the word testament. Now, the definition of testament is, and there's two, remember there's always um, pretty much there's um, usually always more than one definition to a thing which I discussed before and that was in terms of science. But now I'm going to talk about a testament. And the first, um, I looked it up in the Webster's Dictionary online, and it says a person's will, especially the part relating to personal property, and i.e., which is an example, is a father's will and testament, which is pretty ironic because we are going to be talking to our forefathers, uh, talking about our forefathers testament. Okay. Um, number two of a definition of the definition of testament is something that serves as a sign or evidence of a specified fact, event, or quality. Okay, and the synonyms for that is a testimony, witness, evidence, proof, um, indication, demonstration attestation, exemplification, a tribute, or monument, okay? So we know for sure what a testament means. So a lot of times um, when somebody dies and they leave you money or whatever, their last will and testament is just the message that they give you, their last word, before they die. So that's pretty much what the testament is. So, okay, now we're just gonna recap. I gave you a review of last week's lesson. That's number one. Number two, I just read Leviticus. Leviticus, excuse me, Leviticus 26. I don't know why I always get tongue-tied. And um, now I'm getting ready to read the Testament of Yahuda. Now, as I did with um, Isaiah, Leviticus, 
in um, Deuteronomy. I am not going to read the whole uh, Testament of Yehuda. I'm just going to read. I'm going to summarize some of it, and I'm going to read the part that lets you know who Yehuda is and what his warning is to his children. Okay, now this is um, the book of the patriarchs, and it's um, Yehuda's testament. And it says, a copy of the words of Yehuda which he spoke to his sons before he died. And he gathered everybody up together and he talked to them before he died. And this is how much of a blessing it was because they knew when they were gonna die and they all um, gathered their sons there together. They told them what's going to happen and to warn each other not to let it happen. But you know, it happened anyway, just like y'all told um, our ancestors, all of our ancestors, um, remember um, Abraham is the father of many nations. So he told Abraham everything that's going to happen to his children in all the lines. But focus on um, Isaac and um, Abraham, Isaac and um, Jacob, focusing on Jacob's line. This is where the history comes from Jacob's line because that's the blessing that Yah gave to Ab Abraham and Isaac, okay? All right, gave it to Abraham. Uh, Isaac was the blessing and Isaac had two sons, one that Yah hated, which was Esau, and one that Yah loved, was, which was Jacob, Yaakov, and he had 12 sons and those are the children of Israel and Jacob became Israel after he was blessed by Yah and Yah changed his name. That's why his name is Israel. Okay, so I could use it interchangeably, but Israel was prior to Yah dealing with him. I'm excuse me. Jacob was which Yaakov, which they call Jacob, was Jacob prior to Yah dealing with him, and then after Yah was dealing with him, he became Israel because Yah renamed him. When Yah starts dealing with you, you get renamed, and he said he's going to. When he come down here again, he's gonna rename everybody. So all those, you know, some names that was changed like Paul's, Yahusha changed Paul's name. He changed it from Saul to Paul. So, I mean, there, there's in the scriptures, certain people, even prophets and apostles, names was changed by Yahusha. And in the Old Testament, some names was changed by Yah. So we know that um, Israel, the man, his name was changed because Yah was dealing with him. Okay, and the children of Israel are the children of Israel. And I already gave you an indication by the description in the scriptures of who they are. Okay, now, as he gathered them all together, he said that he wanted to tell them some things. Now, um, some of the things that he was telling them is that um, the history between him and his brothers, how he's the fourth son of um, his mother and his father and how he always listened to his father and how he did sin in certain ways in regards to women because this is where we this is where our line um Yahuda's line gets convoluted 
because Yahoo is distracted by whoremongering, okay? They distracted by women from other nations. So the father, Yahuda himself, started this. So it just got magnified throughout the years and decades and then hundreds of years to his descendants. So we already know who, we know who Judah is. We know where they scattered. We know who the people are by the description. And now I'm reading what Judah has to say to his descendants. So he said that, um, he said that he, um, he used to be a strong, he was one of the strongest ones from the, the 12. And he was blessed to be the king of the 12. Now, I already discussed how it works in the, according to Yah. The firstborn gets everything, okay? And I'm, I'm just going to give you a short a synopsis of what's going on with the 12 um, patriarchs, which is the 12 sons of Israel. What happens is, and this is what usually, um, this is tradition and Yah's word, that the firstborn gets everything, okay? That's number one. Now I'm only just talking about um, Jacob's line. The firstborn gets everything, but that's in all the whole history of the Old Testament. But now I'm just talking about Jacob's line. The first, um, there was a blessing for the firstborn and that was Reuben. Then there was the priest in the line of um, Israel and that was Levi. And then there's the king which is Judah. I say that to say, because they continue to sin and sin abounds, Yahusha had to come down here and become all of it. He was the firstborn of the, the most high, the one and only begotten son of the most high. He is the priest. He was ordained the priest by the most high. And he's the king from the line of Judah. So all those things that the 12 tribes corrupted, Yahusha came and brought it back, okay? There's a whole bunch of things he was bringing back because of the sins of Adam. And we're not gonna get into that right now, but I'm just giving you a little, little piece, little piece, because I'm talking about um, Israel. So Israel had that blessing. They had a whole bunch of blessings. So Judah is the king. He was blessed to be the king. His line, him and his line, he was blessed to be the king. Like I told you, Reuben was blessed with the firstborn, but he, he transgressed and the firstborn blessing went to um, Joseph, okay? So we're not gonna go into that right now, but we will get into it when we start talking about the Bible. But I say that to say, because you need to understand what's going on. Because the prophecy of Yahusha coming they saying he was supposed to be the king. And he is, he was born in the line of the kings, which is Judah's line from King David, okay? But I say that to say that Judah was blessed to be the king. Judah was strong as an ox. When they came down, when it got down to the fighting, when Yah sent them into those wars, Judah was tearing people up. There's a scripture in the um, Old Testament that says, and I, some I read um, in um, Deuteronomy, one would chase a thousand and two would chase 10,000. That's what they was doing. And they wasn't doing it themselves. 
Yah was doing it because Yah said, vengeance is mine. And he used the children of Israel to wipe out many nations that was heaving because a lot of people said, oh, there was a lot of wars there. That's just how it goes. But no, Yah's not, Yah's calculating. He knows exactly what he's doing. Remember, sin was in the world all over. First, it was wiped out by the flood, but sin never went nowhere. As the population grew and grew and grew, more sin abounds. People have to choose to be right. And if they choosing to be right and they going to be right, that means they was chosen before the foundation of the world. We don't understand this with a carnal mind. We just don't. And I can't get into that right now because then I have to uh, discuss mysteries. And I just don't have time for that, number one. Number two, you need to be in this word. In order for me to give you mysteries, you got to be in this word. And a lot of times when I'm giving this word, a lot of people who's listening to me don't even know the Bible. I can't tell you spiritual things if you don't understand earthly things. That's what Yahusha said to Nicodemus. And he was a um, Pharisee, somebody who's supposed to know spiritual things. And I'm saying this to the people I'm talking to. I can't give you uh, spiritual knowledge. I got to make your foundation first with uh, the scriptures in order for me to tell you other things because I'm not going to do nothing but confusion. I will break it down, break it down to the ground for you and you still won't get it. So just, just be patient and I'm going to give you what I got. Okay, Yah's blessed me with some wisdom and understanding and I am grateful, but I need you to be patient and I need you to understand what I'm saying to you. Now, right now, I'm telling you about Judah. Judah was strong. Judah was cunning. Judah listened to his father. Judah did everything he was supposed to do until he didn't. Now, I have to say that because <laughs> Judah loved himself some other women. And the line of Judah, his descendants love other women too. And just the whole situation with them going with these other women, they was getting cursed. So our forefathers, Yasharel's forefathers did a lot of sinning and left their descendants suffering. That's what they did. Okay? So... Just a little more information about um, Yahuda. He was strong. He listened to his father. He did everything he needed to do. You know, he never, um, he never um, disobeyed his dad. So, and, and when the wars came, Judah was in the forefront. Judah was fighting them wars, okay? He was doing everything he needed to do. It was, um, he was killing animals, big, big animals, um, lions and all of this other stuff. And I say that to say how, how strong Judah was. Now, I'm, I'm going to say this to you. Okay, I had to stop it for a second. Um, somebody was at the door. <laughs> but um, Judah was strong and Judah um, abided by his father's word until he didn't. So there was times that Judah did not. But within this testament, you're going to hear it. Now, I was giving you a little synopsis of Judah before I started reading. And like I said, a copy of the words of Judah, which he spoke to his sons before he died. And when, he, when I say sons, I mean his children. You know, they didn't have no emphasis on women. Even in the scriptures, it wasn't that many women that has books. But 
outside the scriptures they do but um okay so he he gathered his children up that was around him and he's given him given them the testament to pass down to the descendants now like i said since the whole israel wasn't listening they didn't get to um to understand what happened in the beginning to bring them where they are today okay okay now i'm re i'm i'm starting okay Okay, it says, I honored my mother and her sister because his mother and his mother's sisters was both, the mother and the mother's sister was both married to Jacob, both of them. And we're gonna go into that when we get into the scriptures, but they was both married to Jacob. And then that, in those days, that's what they did. And I'm gonna tell you why they did it because I don't want you to understand. I don't want you to think that, oh my gosh, they were so incestuous and this and that it wasn't then at that time people were still pure at that time they was pure and i told you every day that comes and goes gets evil and evil so if it's more evil then nothing's going to be pure all the way um towards the beginning everybody was pure adam and eve was practically brother and sister they was one and they started um copulating and even um um Adam and Eve's children, because it wasn't just um, <laughs> uh, Cain and Abel. It was about 17 or 18 of them. And they didn't discuss them. And I'm going to tell you why they didn't discuss them. They didn't discuss them because that they weren't important. That's why. This book of the Old Testament was supposed to be given. It's like, a, this is how I explain it. If you, if your grandmother your grandmother wants you to know who your ancestors are or somebody, one of your elders and you're young wants you to understand who your, um, your ancestors were and what they did if they was famous or if they did something significant. They hand you the book, the photo album. So you know who your ancestors are. It's just, that's just like the Old Testament of the Bible. They're giving you the history of your ancestors. So they're passing it down to their line. However, oh wait, they're passing it down to their line. So just because your grandmother is passing it down the line to you doesn't mean other people don't have their own books. So this is, people, people think that this book is for everybody and it really isn't. It's a particular people's history that was passed down to their own line until they got conquered. Now, what did I say about a conquering nation and a nation that gets conquered? Now you know how it works. Okay, so I'm gonna go on. This is Judah saying this. <clears throat> I honor my mother and my mother's sister. And it happened at, that I matured. It happened that as I matured, my father declared to me, you will be king. So, um, uh, excuse me, Judah's father, who is Jacob, told him he was going to be a king. Now, that is a prophecy that came to true. Okay. I'm just writing. Okay, and the Most High bestowed on me grace in all my undertakings in the field and at home. You see how he was blessed? Okay, 
Then he's talking about how powerful he was. And he's saying he's the fourth son of Jacob and Leah. Okay. Now, Leah and Rebecca were sisters. Okay. Rebecca had two kids. Leah had six. And then the other four kids was from Rebecca and Leah's handmaidens. Now, we're going to go into that later. We're not going to go into that now because I'm just focusing on Judah. When we get into the scriptures, I'm going to break everything down to you. Okay. So, all right. He's the fourth son of Jacob and Leah. Okay. And he listened to his father. His father said that you're going to be a king, which is a prophecy. Okay. And then he's, um, he speaks about all his, um, all the wars that he and his brothers been through and how they won because Yah was the one who was fighting using the children of Israel to destroy other nations and decimate them because it was one brother against hundreds and killing them. That's how you could tell that it was Yah who was the fighter. And it says in the New Testament and the Old Testament, vengeance is mine and I'm going to do the fighting. And it says that and people don't understand that. Okay. So then it says, when I approached, to, um, okay. And I had many cattle, I had harem and, um, Adulamite as chief herdsman. When I approached him, I saw Barsaba, the King of Adulam. He conversed with us and held a drinking party for us. When I urged him, he gave me his daughter. This is when, um, this is when, um, Judah sinned. This is when he sinned because part of the sin is do not give your sons to um, women and don't give your women to other people's sons. Don't go to other nations. And this is where um, Judah sinned because they was going to the land of Canaan, which was supposed to be the land of milk and honey. And y'all did not want him to mess. Y'all didn't want the children of Israel to mess with any of those people outside of them because they were all heathen. And how were they heathens? They was worshiping rocks and stones and all of that, which is an abomination to Yah. Yah's children did not go in there and just start bullying people. All the land that they was around, all the people around about that was heathens. Okay? Now, if you want to know what a heathen is, go to my other lesson, and it talks about heathens. All right. So, and he conversed with us and held a drinking party for us when I urged him. He gave me his daughter named Saba as a wife. She bore me Ur, Onan, and Shalom. The Most High took away two of them, the sons, but Shalom lived. Now, remember, Judah had three sons, Ur, Onan, and Shalom. Ur and Onan died. And he's going to tell you how they died. And the only one who lived was Shalom. For 18 years, my father was at peace with his brother Esau and the sons with us after we had come out of Mesopotamia from Laban. Laban is the uncle. When the 18 years were completed, Esau, who y'all hated, and y'all hated him because he sinned in every way. And he was the first one out. Okay. My father's brother came up against us. Now, now Esau want to fight Jacob's kids. More sin. 
with a fierce, powerful, with a force powerful and strong, Jacob struck Esau with an arrow, and in death he was carried up to Mount Seir. That's where Jacob, um, that's where Esau's people are now, Mount Seir. What is Mount uh, Mountain? In the cliffs of the rock. What's it? Mountains and cliffs and caves. Okay. That's what I said earlier. The children of um the children of Jacob never was in caves. They melanated sitting in the sun in the tents. Okay. All right, that's the difference. And this is in book, this is bridge, meaning it's in another book that's that um backs it up. That's a, what a bridge is. And it's in the book of Jasper 56, 62 to 64, and then 57, 4. We pursue Esau's sons who had possession of a fortified city, which we were unable to enter. And camping around it, we besieged it. So Jada, J Jada. Um, Judah is saying that they was fighting their cousins because Esau started it. And then they had to, um, they was trying to uh, destroy them, but they, um, they went into the cliffs of the rock and um, the children of Israel couldn't get to them. Okay. Then they asked us for peace terms. Now they want to have peace. Following the consultation with our father, we took them as subjects under tribute. So after they, after the children of um, Jacob conquered the children of Esau for a time, because this is a, this right here, I'm getting ready to say right, right here, there's a prophecy that talks about Esau, but we ain't going to get into that, but I'm just letting you know. And um, the children of Jacob took the children of Esau captive and they paid tribute, meaning they paid taxes or money to them. Okay. That's how it happened. After this, my son, Ur, okay. Judas son Ur brought from Mesopotamia Tamar. Okay. Now I'll get into Mesopotamia later. But that's where um, a lot of Jacob's family was. Okay. Abraham's family was there. Okay. So from Mesopotamia, Tamar came, the daughter of Aram, as a wife for himself. Okay. Because um, Yah told, um, Yah told, let me give you the bridges and then I'll give you a little piece. Genesis 38, the book of Jasser, 45, 23 through 32. Now, when Yah told um, Abraham to leave your mother and father and go to a land that I told you, he was leaving Mesopotamia. Okay? That's where everything started, Mesopotamia. So when he did that, he left, but who he was going to marry came from Mesopotamia. So all Abraham's people, all of those blessed people was over there. So that line was there and y'all wanted um, Abraham's line to mess with Abraham's line and nobody else's line. So that's where they was getting the children. However, just like Judah said, he got a wife and had three sons by somebody from Canaan. Now, Canaan is cursed, okay? Canaan is cursed, and we're not going to go into that curse because when we get into the Bible, then I'll explain to you what it's about. But I will continue. Ur was wicked, 
and a difficulty arose concerning Tamar because she was not of the land of Canaan. Now, you, um, uh, Jacob's line wasn't supposed to go get nobody from Canaan, but since Judah married a king's daughter that was from Canaan, that was a heathen, the daughter of Canaan wanted her sons to marry somebody from Canaan. Now, I'm going to say this. Canaan's curse, the, um, the children all about Abraham was cursed and he got his um, wives and his son's wives for the most part from Mesopotamia. But those that didn't listen, even Esau didn't listen, they got them from Canaan and whoever other um, heathen that was around about. So right now, you know that um, Judah was sinning because he didn't get his, um, his wife from Mesopotamia. He got it from Canaan from a king that was a heathen. And even this, 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 um, Judah's wife's name means something in their own language. The, all of the names in everybody's nation meant something heathenistic, except for Yah's children. Okay. Yah's children's names mean something. That's how you could tell that the Bible's painted too, because, um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, seriously, okay? The real names mean something in connection to Yah, because Yah says, for the children who are called by my name, that's another reason how you can see who Judah is. If you ever saw that movie Roots, and they asked um, that slave, what's your name? And he said his original name, and they beat the hell out of him until he said he was Toby. That's how it pretty much is, okay? So they changed the names of certain people in these scriptures that they shouldn't have because Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that don't mean nothing, okay? The original names mean something, okay? If the people who are called by my name turn from their wicked ways and stop sinning, I will hear from them, okay? All right, so... Tamar was not from the land of Canaan and, um, and Judah's wife got mad and did not want to give, it a, um, give uh, her son to Tamar. An angel of the Most High took him away on the third night. So Judah's two sons got killed. They died because they wasn't listening and y'all killed them. Uh-huh, that's what he just said. Okay. He had not had intercourse with her, with Tamar, in keeping with his mother's treacherous schemes because he did not want to have a child by her. In the days designed for the bridal chamber, I assigned Onan to fulfill the marital role with Tamar. But it, in his wickedness, he did not have intercourse with Tamar, even though he was with her for a year. Now, this is Judah telling his children what's going on. He's warning them. When I threatened him, he lay with her, but let his semen spoil on the ground, excuse me, spill on the ground as his mother ordered him. So he's not listening to um, Judah. He's listening to his mother. Now, let me stop this right here and say, why did y'all say he didn't want um, the children of Israel with no other nation, but they own? Because they were sinful, okay? So what did Judah do? Judah went to a sinful nation 
And the sinful wife told her children that she had with Judah, don't listen to Judah, listen to me. Y'all say he don't want his children of Israel with other nations because they're going to take Israel away from Yah and uh, worship other um, worship stones and rocks. That's why Yah said he don't want him with uh, with other nations. And this is exactly what's getting ready to happen. I'm getting ready to explain to you. So, um, um, Judah's son slept with her, but he never um, he never had um, he never had a child with her. He let his semen spill to the ground. He would not have a child with her because his mother said, don't you have no child with her. Out of the mother's wickedness. And he also died through his wickedness. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get, I wanted to give Shalom to her also, but his mother would not allow it. She did this evil thing because Tamar was not the daughter of Canaan as she was. And I knew that the race of the Canaanites was evil, but youthful impulses blinded my reason. And when I saw her, I was led astray by the strong drink. Judah was drinking, he was alcoholic. No, he wasn't alcoholic, he was just drinking and he got drunk. But um, alcohol is a very old demon. Just FYI, and had intercourse with her. Now, Judah is saying he saw Tamar, who's his daughter-in-law, and he had sex with her. Now, that's a sin. While I was absent, she went off and brought from Canaan a wife for Sheldon. When I realized what she had done, I pronounced a curse on her in the anguish of my soul. That's Judah cursing his wife. And she died in her wickedness together with her children. After this, while Tamar was a widow, this is his daughter-in-law, she heard two years later that I was going up to shear sheep. Decking herself in bridal array, she sat at the entrance of the inn in the city of Enan, for there was a law among the Amorites. This is how sinful other nations are. The Amorites, there's a law that a woman who was widows should sit in public like a whore. Why do y'all don't, um, why does y'all not want his children messing with other nations? Because they're sinful. Now, I just explained to you that the Amorites don't mind if they women is sitting around like hoes. Anybody could just have them, okay? All right. I think there'll be a part three simply because there's a lot. I'm trying to explain to you what's happening. And while I'm explaining, it's just making more time prolonged. So I think there'll be a, a part three. Okay. So I'm going to read into the end of, um, I'm going to read to, hmm, let me see where I'm going to read, up to 13, up to chapter 13. And then, I'll read the rest um, in part three. Okay, so um, the Testament of um, Judah 12, number three, which I was drunk with wine. I did not recognize her 
and her beauty enticed me because of her manner of tricking herself out. I bent down and said to her, I shall go into you, meaning he want to have sex with her. And she said, well, what would you give me? And I gave her my staff, my ring, my royal crown as a pledge. So I had intercourse with her and she conceived. Now what happened? And this also goes with chapter 15 and three. There's a bridge there. What happened with the Judah do? Judah got drunk. Judah went to the, um, the Amorite area where they was and Tamar found out where he was. And since she couldn't have her sons, according to scripture, she wanted the father. She said, oh, I'm going to have a, a child by somebody in this family. So she went up there and she put on the best clothes she had and sat around like the Amorites said. And here come Judah. Ooh, what you doing here? Here, let me have some sex with you. And she's like, well, what you going to give me? And he gave her what he had at that time and they had sex. And guess what? She got pregnant. Does that sound familiar to you? Tell me if that don't sound familiar. That stuff is happening today. Notwithstanding what I had done, it was my wish to kill her. This is Judah saying, now he want to kill her if he had sex with her. Seriously? But she sent me secretly the pledges and utterly humiliated me. Yeah, she did. And, and I'm going to tell you how she did it in the scriptures because it tells you how she did it. I summoned her and heard the words spoken in a mystery when I was drunk and sleeping with her. So I could not kill her because it was from the most high. I kept saying, what if she did it deceitfully having received the pledge from some other woman? But I did not go near her again until the end of my life because I had done this thing which was revolting in all Israel, which is sexual sin. And I did a lesson, lesson on sexual sin, so you can go and listen to that. Those who were in the city were saying that there had not been a whore at the gate because she had come quickly from another district and sat at the gate. So I suppose no one knew I had gone into her, meaning I had sex with her. Afterward, I went to Egypt to Joseph on account of the famine. I was 46 years old and I spent 70 years in Egypt. Now I'm going to stop there and that's 12, 12. I'm going to stop there and we're going to do a part three because this is extra long. Yeah, it goes all the way to 26. And if I have to stop and explain things to you, because I know you're not going to understand what I'm saying to the average person, I need you to understand what Judah is saying to his children. So I'm going to stop here and then I'll do a part three so I can finish it. Okay, we're not going to go in this part three, we're not going to um, have a uh, review of the first two parts. I'm just going to start with the Testament of Judah, number 13 and one. That's where I'm going to start. Okay, all right. Hi, if you like what you're hearing, please hit the follow button. 
so you can be notified when a new lesson is available. You can also upload a question or take a poll for more of your favorite topics. Thanks for listening. Thank you.